On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, how does the Earn It Act impact free speech? What about the impacts of this U.S. bill internationally? And how easy is it going to be to circumvent? First one is coming in from Eric, and this is pretty much what is on everybody's mind anyway. He just says they use the kid angle so no one would be against it. It's not going to be that simple overall. Uh, Alfred, what is your kind of response to that uh, without getting too editorial? Yeah, I mean, I, I people that I've spoken with, you know, or and, and chatter that I've seen about this on Twitter ha- have brought up kind of the irony of this situation where, you know, they're they're literally exploiting kids to get this bill passed that is saying we want to stop child exploitation. Um, it's a, I, 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 it's, it's very bleak to think about that. And obviously I think that, you know, child sexual exploitation uh, online is awful. And I think everyone who supports encryption agrees with that. Um, and I think that there, there are other ways to solve for that problem without having to get rid of encryption. I mean, in the same way that when this was about terrorism and when this was about drug dealing, uh, the San Bernardino terrorists, they unlocked their phones using, you know, uh, software from, I believe, an Israeli like cybersecurity yeah. company that said, hey, we have the key. We, we know how to break into this iPhone. And that that actually happens with the Manhattan DA's office as well, where man, the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance is is very anti-encryption, and he always like points out like, look, we have five thousand iPhones from drug dealers that we can't like we can't get any data off of because of encryption. We need a backdoor. Um, but the thing is, like, there are reports and FOIA requests that have shown that their office also uses like these tools. Um, so on the child angle now. Um, like Facebook talks about how, like, despite the fact that they're not like they're going to be encrypting Messenger, there are other signs and metadata that you could use to pick up signals of like, oh, this is probably a child predator. Like, I don't know, like how often he messages like random like kids from a high school, or how often they message, uh, or like how often they're blocked, or like their friend request is is denied. Like, there are like other signs uh, mm. beyond you know just. Um, like getting the direct message itself, like if, even if it's encrypted. There you go. Very good. Uh, next, let's talk to Timothy. Timothy is always in the chat. Timothy, you're one of my favorites. You just, I mean, I love all of you guys, but Timothy always comes up with really <laughs> good questions, which makes my job easier. So, uh, whatever happened to free speech in terms of Yelp? Now, this is a little off into the left field, but it's relevant. Uh, what's the borderline for the lawsuit for defamation? Does that include terms? Is that included in the terms of service and who actually reads those kind of things word for word? Now, like I said, it's a little bit off in left field, but it's not completely disjointed. I don't know. How do you guys take that? Um, I remember there. I, I, I know the Yelp lawsuit you're talking about. I'm not sure how it ended up, but I mean, there has been a lot of talk about Section 230 reform just mm-hmm. because of the major ways that the Internet has changed in the last um 24 years. Uh, I, I know that a case that I had been following pretty closely about Grindr was basically, you know, a, a lot of like sexual abuse advocates were were saying, not advocates, I'm sorry, you know what I mean. But um, we're, we're saying, so the lawsuit goes, and I wrote about this like last year where um, somebody had used Grindr to make a ton of fake profiles of his, or just one fake profile of um, his ex-boyfriend and then was 
you know, meet like messaging all of these people saying like, Hey, I like to be like surprised and hurt. So this is my address. Can you come? Like, do you want to, you know, come have sex with me? And so the guy who's being abused because, you know, of this was saying like, Hey, Grinder's allowing this to happen. Mm. I'm suing Grinder for this. Grinder said, you know, no, we're protected by section 230. You can't sue us. You have to sue the person that is doing this. Um, but I think the the lawsuit, the lawsuit, I believe, is still going on. But it was first, it was turned down at first, and it, it's like it's being appealed over more and more courts. But um, yeah, they've used the Section Two Thirty defense to say we don't have to do anything. Like you should be suing this person, not us. Even though Grinder can do, you know, can do better things like spotting fake profiles and getting rid of them. I think that's the idea. Where like since 1996, like obviously tech platforms have become. Uh, a way for people to abuse them and, and use them in ways that, you know, the platforms did not anticipate. And they're not really responsible for any, for protecting anybody because of section 230. Um, so section 230 like allows for free speech online and it allows you to say like, I hate um, this video um, and, and these people are idiots. But like, I think at the same time, you know, it, it also allows for like rampant abuse that, you know, platforms really haven't, been able to tackle that yeah for sure that no that's a great point i mean when section 230 was introduced uh i believe it's by senator ron wyden uh it you know it was a different time 96 we we're far more innocent about the internet uh you know it was about i don't know just sharing viral stuff it was it's definitely not to the point where it is now where people are actually weaponizing the platform and really exploiting it to, to hurt people. And so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of talk. There should be discussion about whether or not Section 230 protections should be the default and what we should do with it. I don't necessarily know if this Earn It Act is the way to go, but there's uh, there's definitely a lot of discussion, and folks are you know talking about uh, reexamining. I think Bernie Sanders has said you know he'd want to get rid of Section 230. I'm glad you brought uh, that I don't up. Think he, I don't, no, no, no. Senator Sanders doesn't want to get rid of it. I think he wants to revisit it revisit. and Sorry. Know, maybe tweak it. Got it. Um, Joe Biden is the one that says Sorry. he wants to revoke I, I mixed up the I mixed up the two old dudes. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens. I'm actually glad you guys brought that all up because as the resident dummy in the room, uh, it just seems to me like 230 is an extremely vague and exploit a bull act. Uh, am I am I wrong in that perspective? I mean, educate me here. I don't know if it's I, mean, it's, I don't know if it's vague. It's definitely powerful in the kind of protections it offers. It just seems very exploitable, though. It just seems like the kind of thing that's just asking for gray areas, and you know. I think it's become I mean, I mean, it's become I, like that. Go ahead, Alfred. Yeah, I, th- I think a, a part of it though is that like it relies on free market, right? So you know, MySpace doesn't have to do anything to protect people from from being harassed there, but like we saw that happen and then like everyone just kind of left MySpace. Um, like it, Twitter, Twitter, like obviously has a lot of safety features and guidelines that they have, but the idea is like, they shouldn't be sued for it. And like, you're looking at it more from a free market approach where if there are too many like Nazis on Twitter, like people will just leave Twitter and that's why they have all their like safety features and, 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 you know, allows you to mute people and all that stuff. But like the idea is like, they shouldn't be, Section 230 is basically saying, like, you're allowed to leave there, but, like, you're not, if you're going to sue off of that, you should sue the platform. I mean, you should sue the person behind it, not the platform. 
Yeah, I mean, the counter argument, though, uh, particularly like with a platform like Facebook is it's it's hard to leave, right? Like the free market argument of like, well, if you don't like it here, just leave. For a lot of folks, it's like their lifeline to a lot of, you know, family, friends that they've got a network built there and it's, it's hard to leave. And then now you've sort of got to endure this situation. Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it, too. So in the Grinder case, the guy that was being abused through it, he wasn't even on Grinder. Like he doesn't, oh. he, he didn't use it. He deleted right. it after he met like this guy and they were dating for a little bit and then it didn't work out. And then, so he didn't even know that he was being abused via Grinder until somebody who came thinking that it was his profile, like told him like, no, oh. this is your profile. Wow. See, that's, yeah. that's scary stuff. That's so totally messed up. The next place I want to go with this conversation, however, is now this is a U.S. bill being introduced by Lindsey Graham um, Feinstein, Feinstein, am I, is that yeah, her name? Feinstein. Yeah, Feinstein. Th this is the Earn It Act. This is the, the one we've been talking about. Right, yeah. so that's, it's an American bill. How does this impact internationally? So like one, uh, I think WhatsApp was referenced in your story, right, Alfred? That's a major social network that uses end-to-end -end encryption is notorious for it. Uh, how does this impact the international audience, if it, if at all? Yeah, that's going to be extremely interesting. So, like right now, the there's a the Cloud Act, um, which basically allows for the UK government and uh, to request for data from like US, um, like the US government and kind of vice versa. So, if our the encryption is is kind of broken, then they're able to get that get that data like in the UK. Australia also has its own like anti encryption bill. And I haven't seen any international cases with that yet, but I think y what you're saying is right in that, like, if they if they provide for a backdoor, like, the the point is that is that like they're not going to use this just for child exploitation cases, right? So like, let's say these guidelines say, oh, you have to have uh, you have to give lawful access um, to meet like these child safety guidelines. Do you think all of a sudden like these investigators that have been wanting it for terrorist cases and wanting it for drug cases? for all these years we'll say oh well no that access is only for like child abuse investigations no so it's it's basically going to be you know oh there's an opening now we can we can get data from that we're going to do that and that's the same way that like governments around the world would are going to be looking at the at any backdoor coming from like a US legislation because they'll say okay well you gave the US government access and mm. if you want to operate in our country you also have to give us access all right, we've got some time left here, not too much, but we still got plenty of questions and comments floating in. Uh, let's go ahead and talk to Will Barry. This is a really good one. Alfred, you're going to like this one. Couldn't criminals just create their own app that's end-to-end -end encrypted and then just kind of sideload APK? Uh, that is that is definitely the argument that um, tech companies have also been making where when, when they were uh, testifying to Congress in December, I believe this was Facebook's argument that, you know, if you like force us to, to put a backdoor door encryption, they are just going to move to other apps in other countries where it could be shadier there where, you know, with us, we are actively cooperating with you and we are giving you all this data that we have and we're developing methods to be able to, to give you the data that we do have and that is not encrypted. And if you, you know, force us to, to move our encryption uh, to make a backdoor for it, criminals are just going to move to other platforms and, you know, they're not going to exactly comply with you the same way that we are. Very true. Yeah. Um, 
Do tech companies use the same encryption as the banks? Um, I don't really know what that means. So, like, there, there's different kinds of encryption protocols, and I don't know. Like, I don't think everyone uses the same one, but I think the concept of it being end-to-end -end encrypted is like what what's the most important thing. So, like, there's like different modes types of encryption. End-to-end -end encryption would be the most secure one, where it's like encrypted all the way throughout. Um, which I believe that is um, what most banks are using. At least I would hope so. Um, but like iMessage uses end-to-end -end encryption, mm. so does Signal. But like, there's other communications where it's just encrypted at rest, which means that you know while it's transferring through the internet, like it's not encrypted there. And here's one coming in from Stu Shepard on Periscope. Uh, he says, is being, well, this is more of a rhetorical, but I figure you got a good angle on this, Alfred. Uh, is being anonymous really considered free speech? Um, I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, I, I think mean, it's, talking, I, I mean, I think it's yeah, the, the, I think it's the right to be anonymous as opposed to right, the right to, and I don't know if it's a free speech argument, but there's uh, a right to privacy. I think that's probably yeah. the closer argument that, that he's shooting for i don't but it's not a I mean, free speech issue i mean yeah they, they 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 have looked at like facial recognition for example right like facial recognition is is being looked at as kind of like an attack on free speech as well where mm. you know you have a right to be anonymous in public i guess where you know if you're at a protest right um and you're you're against like a specific you're exercising your right to free speech right. but like let's say facial recognition is deployed on that protest now they know who everyone at that protest is and they're able to track it down and say like oh hey look this guy who's at a, a who's a reporter for uh cnet was at this protest um about like some political issue like, let's like then like you, you're you're less like you're more discouraged to go to protest or, or exercise your free speech rights because it, mm. it's like tied to your name. And here's one from Eric on YouTube. He says, I've said this all along. Any legislation made by people that don't understand what an IP address is, is worthless. It's a good subject, but you have to see where this could end up. And Alfred, go ahead and, and hit us with the doom and gloom. What is kind of the worst case scenario here? I mean, Yes and no, like it, it, yes, like the, the legislation might not be of value, but like you have to understand that like these are elected officials and they don't like, even if they don't know what the technology is, and I'm not saying that they don't, even if they don't know it, like they are the ones that can get it through, right? Like they're the ones making these kinds of decisions. Um, so that, that would be the, the bigger concern about it. And like, you can say that it's worthless, but like, they're also the ones that can, turn this into a law um and as far as like worst case scenarios go I, I mean i think it's kind of laid out pretty flat there where you know this this the standards that they establish would most likely include creating a backdoor to encryption and if that happens in the u.s that like basically puts a lot of activists and you know security folks like in danger got it Okay, um, we are right at the tipping point here and just about out of time. Uh, a couple of concerned citizens are wondering if, uh, Roger, are you okay out there being all alone? Are, are you quarantined? Uh, I'm quarantined here by myself. That's If you notice, we've, I, we haven't had a co-host in a while, so yeah. I'm here in this little bubble. Uh, no, I'm, I'm 
braving mass transit to to bring this show to you guys. So I'm okay for now. I have the sniffles, which I'm afraid people are thinking is coronavirus. It's not. I just have a lot of allergies. If you've listened for a long time, you realize that. Oh, you know yeah, that's this. very true. Uh, okay, so before we wrap things up, definitely want to say thank you to Alfred for calling in today and making time for us. Um, before we do shut it down now, that there is a hearing tomorrow, right? And we're going to be able to see yeah. that. We've got the link Yeah, it's to happening that. at 10 a.m. Yep, 10 a.m. Eastern, um, and I've got the link in the description. Anybody out there listening or watching want to be curious and see where they go with this. We all know that those uh, Senate Judiciary hearings are always so riveting to watch, but this is an important one. Uh, if you do have a chance tomorrow, uh, we wouldn't hate you if you skipped our show to watch the keynote, uh, or not the keynote, the hearing. Um, but yeah, again, that'll be in the description. Um, so a lot of people have actually been using our silly little voicemail thing, and that's kind of fun. Hey! Uh, thanks to everybody for using that. We're going to sit on a few of these for a while because they're very topic-centric. So, like, there's one about drones and TikTok, and there's a really good follow-up for security dongles after yesterday's episode with Stephen Shankland. So next time we come back full circle on those topics, we'll bring those in. Uh, but for the time being, I couldn't help myself. Uh, I just wanted to listen to this one from our, from our buddy Steve because everybody needs a little pick-me-up once in a while. Awesome. Bravo. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks, Steve. A little thing like that does go a long way, but don't worry. We're not going to just kind of sit on and pat ourselves on the back. There's actually good questions coming through, but like I said, we're going to sit on them until another episode when they are a little more relevant. Uh, this one we wanted to stay focused because it is so dense. And again, thank you to Alfred for, uh, for bringing that to the table today. And uh, until tomorrow... Everyone take care. Have a great one. And Roger, go ahead and send us out. Yeah. And before we go, we'd ask you to please go ahead, like, subscribe, share, and ring the bell if you wouldn't mind. If we missed something here today or you couldn't catch the live show and have a burning question, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5173. If you want to learn more about today's topics, you can check the links to all of today's stories in the description below. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for joining us.